This is Sound and Vision from KEXP in Seattle. I'm Emily Fox. Phil Elvrum has gone by the stage name Mount Erie for 15 years. But before that, he went by the name The Microphones. He has just released an album comprised of one 45-minute track under his old name, The Microphones. The song explores his early relationship with music, growing up as an indie artist in Anacortes, Washington. It's called Microphones in 2020. At first I called my recordings a different name I called it the microphones on the third cassette I made Cause I loved recording and the equipment seemed to be living And it sang to me like static interference From the small AM radio station down the street night in While the song is about the past, Phil Elvrum says he wanted to break nostalgia by creating this song. I asked him if it worked. That was the the goal. That was the attempt. It's maybe a little bit contradictory to to go so deep into the past as a way of uh, not dwelling in the past. But that was the idea, or at least. I wanted to get at what the microphones was. I gave myself the assignment of sort of like breaking it down and defining this period of my life. 1995 or so to 2002, when I made these records called The Microphones. I wanted to understand what that meant so that then I could move on from it and live in the present. Did you get any answers as to what The Microphones was and what it meant? Yeah, kind of. I mean, the same stuff I knew all along. I mostly was trying to convey what it meant in like a... I tried to boil it down with these little autobiographical vignettes of moments that that felt representative or maybe pivotal or transitional, like defining moments in my life back then, because I couldn't... uh, You know, each little moment I could have elaborated on for hours and hours and hours, and that wouldn't have been fun to listen to for anyone. So I tried to distill it into something emblematic. And are you viewing this as just like one track, or are you viewing this release as like an album? Both. Yeah, yeah it's it's an album, and it's one piece of music. And, and can you talk a little bit about that? Like, did you intend it for it to be just kind of one piece of music? Like, at first, did you think it was going to be separated into different, like, chapters or tracks, and then you decided to just kind of keep it as one? Or how did that decision-making process come about to just release one big, long piece of music that is the length of an album, but is actually just one song? I thought it would be funny to have there be a second song on the album that's like 30 seconds long or something <laughs> like a two tr- two track album um but no it, it pretty much started out as i wanted to see what was possible how deep i could go w- with the attention span and it was interesting like just artistically what becomes possible when you start to uh, devote more time to um, paying attention to one particular musical mode or being in one world. It's like uh, people who made symphonies or operas or whatever. They could take for granted that their audience would be on board to uh, enter that world with them. That's right, because operas can be, yeah, four, five hours long. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, I think also, you know, here in KXP, we've explored kind of the, this, the history of like the, the length of a song, right? Like that, like f- for a while, the song was what, three minutes and 30 seconds, because that's where you would get the best radio play. And now in the streaming era, it's actually more advantageous to have a shorter song because you're paid by song, not by album. Mm-hmm. And so the shorter the song, the more royalties you can get. And so what do you think, again, is the benefit of just having to release everything as one full track? <laughs> it's not a benefit economically. It's definitely <laughs> disadvantageous to myself. <laughs> um Streaming money is so bad. Hopefully everyone knows this by now, but it's basically theft from the artists. And so uh, <laughs> I'm actually not putting this song on streaming platforms um, because of that. It, it would mean that people would get this album for free rather than point zero 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 one cent, <laughs> which is basically free. So yeah, it's it's maybe an act of protest in a way of just being like, pe- the songs are getting shorter, people's attention spans are getting whittled away. I don't feel great about that, and I want to maybe push in the other direction. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I, you know, when when people talk about you and your work, you know, they're like, yeah, he's just, you know, this this indie artist that's still like putting, you know, sending out things in mail and writing handwritten notes and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, kind of going back to to the basics or keeping that authenticity there or that personal touch there. Um, and I'm just curious, like, what is what is daily life look for you now, you know, as as an independent musician here in here in the Northwest? Like, how do you conduct business? And, and what is kind of daily life for you as again, as a musician? Well, in a lot of ways, I feel like I haven't really changed since I was, you know, 17 years old and making 30 copies of a tape and selling them to my friends. Uh, basically, my mode has stayed the same since then. And partly because I just am drawn towards like the most basic and direct, least convoluted way of doing my thing. And um, that has meant that I release my own records and primarily focus on selling them directly on my website. And fortunately, people have followed me. Enough people have followed me along with these crazy changes that the world has gone through in the last 20 years to to keep ordering records from me directly and enough to sustain me. And actually... Five or six years ago, uh, I stopped being able to take care of all of the shipping and stuff just myself, especially because I was having a kid. And so, yeah, I have some help from friends who run a record store in Anacortes, and they do all of the mail order fulfillment for me and a lot of the other record label type of stuff. So I can um, raise my daughter and make records and do the design. Yeah, do everything else, basically. I was speaking with Phil Elbrum, and you went by the name Mount Erie for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. first it was the microphones and then Mount Erie. And you've also said that you don't want to be well known by your name or an image or an idea that might, you know, trail you around. You know, yet you decided to go back to this name Microphones. And, and in this song, you have um, these lines. At the very end of 2002, I took the microphone's name and crumpled it up. Burned it in a cave on the frozen edge of northern Norway I made a boundary between two eras of my life 
feeble gesture At making chaos seem organized The roaring river carves on Laughing at my efforts Well, the idea of something called Mount Erie Engulfed me And time refuses to stop Tell me more about the idea of how a name changed you in that moment or your thoughts around this idea around a name in that moment. Well, in that moment in, that you just quoted was from 2000, the very end of 2002. So I lived in a cabin in far north of Norway that winter by myself and sort of decided, all right, this is a boundary between the first part of my life and the second part of my life. And I had been wanting to change my band name for a while because I wasn't singing about microphones and recording equipment anymore. <laughs> I was singing about other stuff, like a large dark mountain, <laughs> for example. And so, yeah. And also I wanted to root myself to this place I was from, Mount Erie on Fidalgo Island. And so that was that. The ensuing confusion about the name change with like doing interviews or whatever, like my presence in the world of press, it was so annoying to me, or just confu- not so annoying, it was so confusing how much attention got put on that, what seemed to me to be a superficial change. And again, like with this new thing, I'm not going back to the microphone's name. I, this record is going to be like categorized in, under the name microphones, but it's all the same thing. And that's the point that I'm trying to make with this thing is it's all... I, I know that I sound like I'm contradictory because I'm saying names mean nothing, but also clearly I'm playing with it and so I'm and I'm putting meaning on the name. So maybe maybe I'm infuriating to <laughs> just try and understand. <laughs> Artists are complicated people. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, there's a few more lines that I kind of want to ask you about uh, that come up in in this album or this song or however you know the person listening right now wants to view it but um, you know there's a few times where where you say nothing is true um, or you say the true state of all things the true state of all things what do those lines mean to you both the true state of all things and then also just saying nothing is true (laughs) yeah I, I think I'm realizing how many contradictions are in this thing and maybe how much I'm drawn to opposite statements, to opposing statements. And I think maybe that is part of why I really like reading about Zen Buddhism because it it uses that a lot. It uses that sort of getting the carpet pulled out from underneath you surprise state of trying to hold two opposing viewpoints at the same time. I I love that. Um, Nothing is true. And everything is fluid. And then also I'm I'm getting at, like, what is the true state of all things? Um, So, yeah, it's like an impossible quest. But I also feel like that's the job of art in general. That's the job of, right, of of like, yeah, all all types of art is to try and get at this unsayable thing and try and point towards it. That was Phil Elvram, who just released an album comprised of one 45-minute track 
that looks back at his early career under that old stage name, The Microphones. It's called Microphones in 2020. The true state of all things The true state of all things is a waterfall no bottom crashing end and no ledge to plummet off full of debris and flowers never not falling and in it we swim and fall sometimes beside often apart Just chaos heaving. That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And if you have the means, you can give a one-time $20 donation to support this show at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks so much for listening.